Hey everybody, we are back again for another episode of Scaring is Sharing. And you know what we're going to do, Jeremy? What are we going to do? We're going to share our scares with each other and anyone who's out there listening. Because that's what we do. Yeah, the handful of folks that we appreciate oh so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It really is, you know, I, I was just recently thinking about this, how we spend a lot of time doing a podcast. It feels like you're just screaming into the void a lot. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, especially as you're building a podcast, like we are, like, I don't know at what point we're not building anymore, but <laughs> it kind of feels like we're just putting it out there. But every so often we get something back where somebody shares the show with somebody else we saw on social media or something. Uh, and yes. that just is so energizing. It really is. Like my friend Alex, who had horror boob on Instagram, and he has a really cool shop that I had, like, publicized before but like that he has like some tie-dye horror shirts right now that i really want Mm -hmm. and he's all about like helping me do like a custom one so i'm all about that i'm like i'm not normally into tie-dye shirts but if i have a fucking tie-dye shirt with a fucking scream on it like you bet i'm there yeah (laughs) tie-dye is like in again and i'm like i used to never wear you know tie-dye because to me that was like that's what hippies wear and like (laughs) i'm like i'm like a you know, I'm a rocker. I'm like a punk metalhead dude. So I wear you black. Are. I yes. wear black <laughs> and yes. like monotone. So tie dye's out. But now I'm feeling the call, man, because all these tie dye <laughs> shirts are really fucking cool looking. So now I want to want to get some of those. Yeah, I do too. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. He has a Killer Clowns from Outer Space one right now that's tie dye. And I thought oh, of you. shit. I should jump I on there. Know. Horror I should jump boob. On there. Horror boob. And I'm also seeing on his letterboxed that uh, he and I seem to have some similar tastes, especially oh. in like slasher movies, like the way he's reviewing some of the. Uh, he tore through all of the Texas chainsaws. Um, and he and I have some similar opinions about those. So I was like, oh, cool. That's fun. And he's doing what we've oft talked of. Like, he'll be like, oh, I'm excited to watch this episode, but I have to go listen, watch the movies first. And that's oh, really that's fun. great. That's yeah. great. And I saw him share some Joe Bob stuff. So it looks like he's a Joe Bob. He does like, like Joe Bob, just like, like you. So yeah, you, awesome. you're right. You guys do share some some vibes. And he has talked about uh, he's never made it out this way. And he's talked about coming out to visit Detroit this summer. So if he does, we'll have to do a meetup and yeah. go see a scary movie. That'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So thanks, Alex, one of our newer listeners. And any other people who are, you know, joining us newly, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from anybody. But if you're, you know, just catching on, because every once in a while I check our numbers and definitely someone is like hopping in and going through the episodes because it's like there's a a major influx. And it only like we have this this episode. Welcome to episode 69, which is uh, my favorite (laughs) number ever. 69. Myriad of reasons. I am an Uh, adult man and i cannot help but just laugh at that every time i have to always go 69 <laughs> like i'm like i'm in a beavis and butthead episode i love it but even though we're on episode 69 and even though we pay like for some premium features through our our podcasting site i can only see what is 
recently been listened to as far back as 10 episodes. So if someone goes back and listens to episode 30, I won't know unless I'm like literally keeping track of every single episode number, which is unfortunate. But I can definitely tell when someone is like getting in there and like whether they're listening to one and being like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) I'll never know. But it's fun. So cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Oh, um, the only thing of note, really, was I finally saw the new Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, so I've Um, heard various things. Tell me what you thought. I loved it. Okay. I heard it was really boring. I heard people say it was boring. I heard people say they hated it. Um, But I don't know. Like, it was a Ghostbusters movie to me. It hit all the right notes. It had the right lingo. I just kind of sat back and let the nostalgia, like, wash over me. Like, the feelings of, like, oh, that's awesome. Paul Rudd's character is, like, totally a proxy for, like, people like me who grew up obsessed with the original Ghostbusters movies because he's the guy that's like, oh, wow, cool, a proton pack. Like, literally doing it (laughs) kind of metatextually in the movie. So, like, I was about it. I just had so much fun. And these properties like this, too, like, let's not forget, it's really for the kids. So, like, when people get really sour about, like, new Star Wars movies and stuff like that, I'm like, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the youngins are the target for this, really. And if they love it, that's awesome. Cool. I want more kids to be into cool things like Ghostbusters and Star Wars and Ninja Turtles and whatever the hell else they're bringing back. Because those are all fun things that can just keep going. You can keep doing new stuff with them. So I love it. And it has my favorite Scream Queen right now, McKenna Grace. And I love her. And she does every fucking thing she's in malignant she's in hill house she's all over the place she's on young sheldon which doesn't fit into the genre but i love her she's just so good she's like a little dakota fanning but i think she's not the i mean dakota fanning still works and has always been great uh but i i think mckenna grace is gonna just continue to just be as long as it's what she wants to be the most amazing thing ever and you know what else jeremy that just reminded me we didn't normally introduce ourselves so you're right we we totally did not for the viewers who are you (laughs) i am not mckenna grace i am jeremy (laughs) rusk uh the original sasquatch slim and I am McKenna Grace. <laughs> no, I am the flaming scream queen, Brandy Joe Plambeck. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I wanted to say McKenna Grace was absolutely awesome in the new Ghostbusters. Oh, like, good. She, I thought she was great. She nailed it. She was like, she's perfect for what they wanted her to do in the movie. Nailed it. I was on board. I was all about this this dorky little girl. Does it have a more serious tone than like the original films? Uh, actually, I would say a little bit like not that the originals weren't serious. It's just the level of snappy dialogue and humor between, you know, your comedic leads. All of them were accomplished, you know, comedic performers. So that it just came naturally. Um, but yeah, I would say it was a little more on the serious like science fiction. We got to save the world thing. But there was a lot of fun moments. So. I also felt personally attacked because there's a character in it named Podcast who has a podcast and is just talking about and recording his podcast all the time. And my and Sarah was like, that's you. That's <laughs> totally you. It was awesome. The 2016 version definitely veered more into the comedic territory, I feel, than the original. Yeah. And 
here's the thing. I mean, I, I can't even remember all the hubbub with that, but some people were just like rude because they were like women is what I recall. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a great movie, but like they, there were some parts that were fine. It was too long, uh, especially for just the vibe that it was. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to enjoy Afterlife. I just have not gotten around to it yet. But I think you will. 2016's like two hours of it being just like going too hard too fast. Whereas if something is a little more like in depth and like a little more serious and whatnot, I just, I can ride that wave a little longer. Yeah. And this new one is totally a requel. Like that's what's happening now. It's a requel of the original movie very much. So it's got all the like beats and stuff, but done in fun ways. It's a very sweet movie at its core. So I think you will vibe with that from, I do uh, like that. Yeah, what I know about you, I think you'll really latch on to that vibe. Uh, Joe and I this past week binged The Woman in the House Across the Street from The Girl in the Window. How was it? I heard mixed things about this. Heard very, very mixed things. And we really liked it. It's cool. very interesting because it's definitely a play on, you know, the genre, The Girl on the Train, The Woman in the Window or whatever, which... I would venture to say that there aren't enough of them and they weren't popular enough to make this sort of parody of quite yet. It's not like yeah. scary movie. Like, I mean, Scream and I know what you did last summer and all those movies were all the rage. So to come out with like this parody makes total yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. And while it doesn't just parody the like two or three films that I mentioned, it also does it in a way where it plays it very real and serious it doesn't venture quite into parody territory but there it definitely has some very like some stuff that is just ridiculous and hilarious and some like just little things along the way it helps that the episodes are like 30 minutes long there's like 10 of them and they're just short if they were an hour i would get real exhausted real fast Mm -hmm. kristen bell is always a delight just so fucking Mm -hmm. good So I really recommend it. I think you kind of have to go into it knowing what it is. Otherwise, you'll be very confused. You're like, wait, is this funny? Wait, is this real? And it does feel like I never saw it, but there was a Lifetime movie with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig back in the day that's like about A deadly adoption. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, no, I was aware of it, though. I really wanted to see it. So I heard people were very confused there, too, because it isn't like a parody. They play it very straight. Yeah. So, like, you don't know what to make of it. But I almost appreciate that. <laughs> like, I, I that's why I appreciated this, too. Like, it was silly, but it also was a mystery and all this. And, like, some of it's just ridiculous and some of it's very straightforward. Yeah, I feel like really dry satire like that is a lost art. Like, I feel like those were way more prevalent in decades past. Like, that sort of comedy that now people are just like, unless you're flat out telling me this is exactly what you mean, like, I, I don't know. We've lost some ability to, like, decode nuance, I feel like, as a uh, viewing public in recent years, because they're just so blunt with all the mainstream releases now. A hundred percent. And I, I, I really recommend it. I just recommend going and being like, this is going to be a little weird. This is going to be a little funny. And it, like, just just go on the ride and, and mm-hmm. maybe don't expect too much. But like when something goes a little silly, be like, oh, that's kind of weird. And I, I, I dig that's, it. That's funny. It's but meant fun. to be funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Kristen Bell, you know, from Michigan. Yes. Michigan. 
got to give that shout out to our our home base state where we are so yeah an armchair expert was one of the podcasts i listened to like early in my recovery because dax shepherd is sober and has had a very interesting sober journey i i don't know if we've talked about it on here or not i feel like we have talked about him in general but one mm-hmm. of his early episodes he has Kristen bell on the podcast and they're kind of in like a tiff like they kind of get like snarky with each other but he also tells a super sweet story about when his dad was sick and he came home to michigan and it is just just so fucking sweet. It's a really great episode. And she just, like, you love her even more. Like, there's just no way not to love her. She is, in my mind, America's sweetheart. And mm-hmm. I think rightfully so. Like, she just comes across so endearing. And she has a great sense of humor. And she's beautiful. And I just love her. I just yeah, fucking I, love her. I've been a fan since Veronica Mars. So, you know, I'm longtime fan. Now, has she done like a straight up heart? I know she was in Pulse, which was goddamn horrible. But since then, can you think of any horror films that she's been in? No. She <laughs> not, needs not, to do one. I know, like a flat out horror. Like get Kristen Bell in like a Friday the 13th movie or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I love it. Like, I did, think that would be good. Did you say you did watch Veronica Mars? Yeah, I was all about Veronica Mars. Did you see the reboot and the movie? Yeah, I wasn't a fan really of either. Oh, okay. I, I loved the original series. It was two seasons. Yeah. The first yeah. one with her friend dying and the second no, one with the bus. Three, maybe? Oh, okay. It was it was short though. It was short. Um, and, and I haven't really watched it for a very long time. I caught some episodes here or there because Sarah was like re-watching them a little while mm, back. Okay. So I, I saw a couple episodes and I was like, oh, I remember this plot line. It got pretty ridiculous by the time the season wrapped up. But yeah, I did watch the movie. I thought the movie was kind of like a let. Well, it was okay. I thought the movie was okay, but I thought it should have stopped with the movie. Like I thought the movie wrapped up everything as it needed to. And then they did the reboot and the reboot was just too soap opera. I mean, the whole thing is a soap opera, but it like, it's like they leaned way into it and they did a lot of stuff with character choices that I just didn't care about or care for. So okay, I was, I was not into the, the new one, unfortunately. Uh, the only other thing I watched, I started watching it this morning, the new Hulu movie, No Exit, hmm. which I knew very little about, and I just sort of dove into it. Joe went to breakfast today, and I was going to watch it before the podcast, and then my friend called like right towards the end of it, so I didn't get to finish it. But it was very fun. It's, you know, it's not a straight-up horror film. It's more of a thriller. But Dale Dickey is in it. Do you know? I'm sure if you saw her, if you don't know her by name, you would know yeah. her. She's yeah, like this a... quirky little old woman. I say old. That's really rude. She's not. I mean, she's probably like 60 or something. Hold on. Let me. Dale Dickey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, she. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Okay. She yeah, has a she's... very famous episode of Breaking Bad oh, that she's she a supporting. Is... She is absolutely insanely good. Her and Margot Martindale are like two of my favorite actresses of a certain age i'll just say because i don't want to say older elderly or anything like that but they're both so so good and anything she's in i just i I will enjoy because she is entertaining to watch i just found something really quick uh kristen bell was in scream 4 oh right in the as herself as herself in the beginning or like you know as an actor play yeah so I but that forgot doesn't count. about that. That was a spoof. That's a parody. It doesn't count. We, we want her in a real role in a horror But it's movie. a great moment. And it's weird because Joe and I recently rewatched 4. And she looks 
strange. Mm. <laughs> it's so weird. Like you look at her now and she's just like, in my mind, the epitome of what I think is beautiful. I just, she's stunning. And, and it was just, she just looked strange in Scream 4, like plastic or something. It was very odd. It was maybe, a, maybe an odd time for her or maybe just the way it was filmed or whatever. But I was like, who knows? how is she like so much hotter now? Like 20 years later, well, 10, 10 years later. <laughs> maybe, maybe they just airbrushed the hell out of the film or something like they that. May like everybody in it or just too much makeup. Filmed it through some Vaseline, but yeah, could have been. But so far, I'm enjoying No Exit. Just a fun little thriller. It really gets going kind of quick, and then you're just on a ride. And mm. so I'm excited to see how it wraps up. I'm hoping it doesn't disappoint. Uh, and yeah, I think going in knowing as little as possible is good. And mm. and yeah, it's just a, a tight so far a tight little thriller with you know ten minutes to go. Tight. <laughs> Keep it tight. So, Jeremy, we have some terror grams. We sure do. And I'm going to kick us off because Teacher Drew wrote us last week, and I somehow missed it when we recorded. Okay. So I'm going to read one from him, and then we have a follow-up from him as well. Yep. So, Teacher Drew, back on February 19th, wrote about our previous episode, which was my birthday episode. And he said, hey, guys, episode 67, kiss emoji. This subgenre has always intrigued me, be perhaps because of the nostalgia factor. When I was young, our local TV station would play old school classics like Baby Jane on Saturday afternoons. I have to say that Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte will remain with me forever, especially the surprise object that comes rolling down the stairs. It's worth the watch. Now, when I hear that, I think of the changeling. Mm-hmm. With the rubber, yes. rubber ball. With the so ball, when it says yeah. that, when I think of something coming down the stairs, I think of the rubber ball. Continuing, I am presently halfway through the new Texas Chainsaw movie, and I love it. Tomorrow, I am seeing The Cursed at my AMC. I'll keep you posted on that one. Like both of you, I prefer to see movies with others. The after movie chat is my favorite, but I do go on my own if I really want to see a specific movie. Once in London, I even went by myself to see live theater by myself at the West End. Hey, you have to live life to the fullest. Till next time, love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. And you know, I was thinking about this recently because I I also don't mind going to the theater by myself. Again, I think either one, I, I enjoy going with people. So you can have, especially if you're like in the car, you can chat about something afterwards. But like, I'll do either one by myself and I'm, I'm fine. I just prefer people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking like, I've, I've been to, uh, you know, concerts like metal shows by myself too like if it's a band i really want to see but nobody else can go it's, that's not going to stop me from uh going and hanging out and watching it so see that to me seems like something i would never do <laughs> yeah you got to be really like into it but yeah i've done it i've done it before just to catch what i want to see and then uh you know take off so in New York City, I've seen a lot of theater by myself. Like when we used to go there for spring break during grad school, I would see as many shows as possible. Like I one time in seven days, I saw nine shows and I would just use my little like, you know, student pass and get $10 tickets certain places. And I would just go see obscure theater that wasn't on Broadway. And I mean, I had no issue going by myself. It's sort of fun going by yourself to see theater. I think more so than a movie because you're sharing an experience more so with the audience than in a movie, as weird as that is. Like, there's just something a little bit more connections are actually happening. It's more of a, a vibe yeah. than a movie. So there's more of an energy, I guess, because there's that give and take with the audience and the actors. So I kind of dig it, quite honestly. Yeah. 
that's yeah. kind of like to me like exactly what you're saying is like seeing a good live a band. band performance because it's the same thing where it's like you're either in it with the crowd like and the band is really feeding off of that and back and forth so it's a similar kind of thing it's, but it's funny you say seeing as much theater too because sarah was literally just talking about this not that long ago where she was like when i was a student i went to see as many shows as i could all the time of live theater so because how else are you gonna learn and true absorb to be able to you know tackle that industry unless that's that right art form unless you get exposed to it so there you go yep cool and you have a telegram as well yeah i got the next one also from teacher drew uh, and he says, hey, guys, I didn't realize that the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be so divisive. My opinion seems only to add to the debate. I actually liked it. Actually, a lot. It might, in fact, be my favorite of the series. How is that for a hot take? Oh, that's, that's one of the <laughs> hottest takes I think you could make right now. Uh, I was hooked from the first scene. I loved the set pieces and cinematography. I even appreciated the social commentary. But what I liked the most was that I actually sympathized with the protagonist. Who would have thought I'd feel sorry for Leatherface? Besides Joker from 2019, uh, and it's funny that he mentions that because Joker, he mentions another super divisive movie, Joker, which I also really vibed with and loved that movie, uh, but a lot of people just... Uh, didn't appreciate. Uh, this doesn't often happen, and I appreciate the experience. In our literature classes, we dive deeply into the whole character. One of my favorite activities is finding the good qualities in someone who was hated, the villain. Uh, and there, my friends, you have it. Till next time, love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Uh, yeah, Teacher Drew, man, like you're hitting on stuff that I feel often, which is to end up identifying with the villain, but it's because I find some kind of sympathy you know, in their actions or some quality that I latch on to. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because teacher is an English teacher, so I don't want to, like, go against what he says, but he says he sympathized with the protagonist, but he means the antagonist, doesn't he? Yeah, he means antagonist. Okay, because I, think I got confused, thing. and I just wanted to make sure. But teacher Drew, I know you're, like, an English teacher, so... So I think I think maybe he was writing too quickly because technically antagonist is the villain of the piece. So and technically I was like, Teacher Drew, we're gonna be recording tomorrow if you want to get us an email about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah. I probably did add to he the rushed rush. it. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I like totally because I, I think about it as well, where uh Leatherface is definitely one of that because like my brother makes fun of me all the time where he's always like, Jay, you wish you were Leatherface when you watch these movies. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, and I was like, Yeah, Leatherface, and I would say Jay. Jason are big ones that I like connect to uh, where I feel sympathy for them in the movies. And that's probably because both of them are always done in a way where either that, you know, in their past life, they were put upon by society, like picking on them and hating them. And then in as a killer, usually all of those movies are set off by like Leatherface and Jason wouldn't kill anyone if people didn't come and get up all in their shit. That's when they start killing is like you get into their business uh, and you're dead. Like if you just stayed away, they wouldn't be killing anybody and you'd be alive. So I think that's kind of where I uh, identify with them. I think this movie more. I mean, I haven't seen the whole series in a long time, but this movie definitely is like the way that the everyone invading the little town mm -hmm. sort of is put like you, you are definitely supposed to be like these people are fucking annoying kill them <laughs> yeah you know, they went real hard on this one we're like and also like off the bat like the cops come and rough up his you know his adoptive mama and she dies and so like i'd be pissed too i'd be like it's on give me the chainsaw 
And I don't remember that we talked about this, but I read it somewhere that when they get pulled over by the cops in the beginning, based on all the other movies, you sort of think the cops are going to be like bad guys. Yeah. And they yeah. end up not being. So that's kind of a fun little twist. Sorry, spoilers, but you'll find out real quick. Like, but like you immediately think they're going to be like, oh, you know, they're going to be these racist asshole guys are going to be in on it. And yeah, and they're actually not They're They're I mean, good guys, I guess. Yeah, because that, that's usually the Texas Chainsaw movies. Often, not always, but often there's a twist that like you find out every person they've met along the way in this little town is somehow connected to the family and the whole thing so that they were, you know, they were trapped before they knew it by yeah. entering this town. But yeah, this one kind of twists it where like it's really just Leatherface. And, you know, this is harkening back to a way earlier conversation, just something you said just sparked this in my mind. I know Ethan forever go ask like what happens in horror movies that like just like creeps you the fuck out and he yeah. talked about like people being turned into like inanimate objects or something yes and i didn't couldn't really think of one but i don't remember if i said this or not but like recently i was watching something that had a scene from tusk in it and mm. it reminded me like when people get drugged oh yeah it creeps me out I think it's because, did I mention that? No, you've never said that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think that really gets me just because like that, and I don't know if there's something to being sober or like the horror stories people tell of like, you know, being, you know, drugged by GHB or whatever. I don't know what it is, but there's something to that, like someone drugging you and like, then you like getting wiped out and then coming to and whatever your legs are cut off like in tusk or or whatever you're tied up in a cage like that notion is very scary to me yeah i think about like oftentimes i'll tell stories to people about like some of the hangovers from hell i had <laughs> over the years back in the day and like coming to and being like i don't really remember what happened uh and you know how I got to my bed and stuff like that. But uh, I can feel like thinking back, that's like terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like now with the mind and life I have now, I'm like, how horrifying. So like that, that is very scary in movies when you're drugged against your will or, you know, intoxicated in some way that uh, incapacitates you. Yeah. And it's always that moment, like where someone's like, it's like a moment of calm. And all of a sudden they're like, why do I feel funny? And the person's yep. like, ha ha ha. Yeah, you're like, and, <laughs> and you're going to wake up a walrus. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, but teacher Drew, thank you for writing us. And if you out there listening, want to hit us up, scaring is sharing at gmail.com or slide into our DMS on Instagram. Scaring is sharing all one word. Do it. I. Speaking of Texas Chainsaw 2, I did really quickly want to bring up. So since this past September, we have now seen five entries in various long-running slasher series. So Candyman, Halloween Kills, Scream, Slumber Party Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we mm -hmm. only threw one on the slash heap oh. out of those five. Oh, and Halloween I, Kills. Yeah, that was the only one. All the others got scares of approval from what I remember. So I'm All like, right. wow, pretty solid, guys. Turning out some yeah. good, in our mind at least, some good late entries into these long in the tooth series. So. Yes, let's please bring back Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and let them be good. God, that yes. would be so amazing. That's what I'm saying. Do it. Come on, bring them back. I'm ready. I don't. I think those series have already hit the lowest points they can hit 
hopefully so i mean yeah i mean friday the 13th could come back so much easier because he's always wearing a mask like you can have anyone play it whereas freddy krueger it's hard because robert england is of a certain age and not that he couldn't still do it but like he's like i'm out and like to have to have anyone else step into the shoes as we saw with jackie earl haley or whatever his name is what is that his name Jackie Earl Haley. Yep, you got it. It's like it just doesn't work. It's it's no one can step into those shoes. But Jason, anyone can do that. Jackie Earl Haley. Like I get what they were trying to do. Like he is very intense. Like so, but he didn't have the humor. Uh, and I think that was like you need the streak of black humor in there that uh, Robert England is so good at delivering. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who they could do. I heard chatter that Kevin Bacon was interested in playing Freddy Krueger. And that one I could kind of see. Like, I feel like you need somebody, somebody with a little bit of a horror pedigree to begin with to be able to jump into that role. Like, you know, it, it helps with the goodwill, I feel, <laughs> towards Yeah, towards I think you casting. just need, I think you need a really interesting idea. I, I think that there's going to have to be some sort of transfer or something in regards to it not like us knowing it's not someone trying to be Robert England being Freddy Krueger. Like there there has to be some sort of clever way of a, a redux. Or Since everything's whatever. like, everything's meta now and stuff, is there a way they could do Robert England not as, you know, burnt up dead Freddy, but as like the living man or some kind of embodiment of who he once was and like pass the baton on, so to speak. Yeah, to a new I think that it's got to be something, something like outside that. the box and clever yeah. like that, as opposed to trying to redo it with someone else trying to be Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yes. So and Friday me. the 13th, you could do anything like just he's been to fucking space. He's been like a spirit <laughs> that possesses people like. I feel like it just write a Jason movie. Who cares if there's any continuity with the others like that'll be fine because you just need Jason in a hockey mask. Pissed off that his mom is dead. That's all you need. Yep. That's the mythos there. So Yeah, bring it. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, shall we share our movies with each other? I think so. Um, and from what I was looking at, I believe you go first this time. Even with like my birthday episode and everything? Yeah, yeah, I want you to go first. You just want me to go first. I want you to go first. I want it. Lay it on me. You know, you already said you think you know what it is. Tell me. I had an idea. I was thinking for episode 69, if you were, I was looking at the list. And in my brain, it's a Serbian film is what you think. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, I knew wa- it. <laughs> I've been waiting to give it to you. I and- knew it. I told Joe the other day, because I was like, this is what I'm going to do for episode 69. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm looking forward to watching it again. <laughs> I know. I know what it's about. I know what happens because this movie came out and the internet could not shut the fuck up about it. Yep. Uh, whether it's brilliant or bad or whatever. But everyone's like, can you believe what they put in this movie? So I know like about the content. And I've not, I've not, I never got around to watching it because it was just like kind of hard to come by. Um, I think I may have seen a clip or two okay. uh, over the years, but you know, I do sit here and wonder, is this going to be like human centipede where like when that came out, everyone made a big deal about it being like the most graphic, disturbing horror movie that could ever exist. And I watched it and I'm like, that was nowhere near as bad as the reputation made it out to be. Sure. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I mean, I've watched like necromantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's a very vile movie in many regards. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens, how I feel well, about this one. I'm excited to hear what you think about it more so than I am to watch it again. Yeah. <sighs> but I, I will, 
because otherwise it won't be as fresh in my mind. But yep, uh, yeah, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. So okay. I had a couple ideas, depending on if I was wrong, and it wasn't a Serbian <laughs> film they gave me. Okay. Um, but I am giving you a movie called the La Bête in French, The Beast. Oh, from 1975. So you find the right one. Oh, you probably have like no. Cl- I'm going to give you a little bit of info on this because I feel like it'll pair <laughs> with a Serbian film, something so intense. Because. Uh, Content warning for people. This movie has some explicit sexual stuff in it. So. I mean, well, same with Serbian film, in case you didn't know. Don't go yeah, watching exactly. it if, if you are easily offended. If you're turning into this episode for the first, like, this is the first time listening to us, you're going to be like, so this show, they watch weird pornos. Um, <laughs> this is what you're going to think. But yeah, The Beast uh, from, what did I say? 1975. I just literally looked at it. From 1975, it's an erotic horror fantasy like i don't know it's very hard to describe and you probably have no idea anything about it so. i don't but i'm gonna say someone has a love affair with the devil um not like rosemary's baby where like the devil like rapes someone but someone like welcomes it in and they're like let's i love satan and let's have a relationship but it, it can't go that way because it's satan so it's there's gonna be lots of claw marks there's i think there's gonna be a a, a monstrous baby but i think it's uh, that's what i'm going with love affair with the devil i think this movie will surprise you this is one too like <laughs> i've not seen this since college and it was again as we've talked about many times one of those weird ones that i found on a list where people are like is this just pornography or is it like a real like you know movie it's a real movie i'm sure we'll probably think the stuff in it is kind of quaint like you know because when it came out in the 70s everyone was like what the fuck so well i am intrigued i yeah we'll see how i feel about it this time because it was one of those movies where people are like one of the most what the fuck movies uh you could only find it like hosted on porno sites so and you watched a lot of those yeah that that was back in the day before you know that shit was available before like boutique labels started buying these things and re-releasing them on blu-ray so i'm sure there's a good transfer of this out there i think arrow video did this movie so interesting i yep. just looked up the poster and never seen that before i thought well maybe if i see the poster i'll be like oh that. yeah but nope i feel like this is pretty obscure except for like the weird art house people in like recent years kind of rediscovered it so all right well cool. looking forward to it yeah let's do it all right we'll be back don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative I'm back. Randy Joe's back. We're all We're back. back. My mind, my body <laughs> is ready to talk Aww. about these weird movies. Yep. Um, so let's, I guess, let's start it off with a Serbian film. All right. Well, the letterbox tagline is not all films have a happy ending. And it's like, duh, whoever said they did. <laughs> I'm going to read the plot from IMDb because it's a little shorter. Okay. An aging porn star agrees to participate in an 
art film in order to make a clean break from the business, only to discover that he has been drafted into making a pedophilia and necrophilia-themed snuff film. <laughs> so that right there, people, you know, I guess I would say spoilers, but I feel like both of these movies that we're about to talk about about are really for a select group of people that would really want to like yeah. check these out. So um, if you haven't seen them, you, know, you probably don't wanna. Yeah, probably not. If you wanted to see these movies, you've already heard of them and probably have some idea of what you're getting into. But and yeah, also just I mean film, we're man. we're gonna talk. Uh, there's gonna be gross things talked about. So if you're sensitive, go away. <laughs> yeah, c- content warning for graphic sexual. Uh, taboo sexuality and violence. That okay. First off, with this this freaking movie, man, the Serbian film. I was thinking of just being like, what if I just came in here and was like, this movie really spoke to me. Like, this is my <laughs> <new favorite> movie. <laughs> Tried to freak you out, but you know, I knew what this was going in. It lived up to the expectations or down <laughs> to my expectations <laughs> of it. And that that was a point I was going to make. Somehow we we both picked movies that I feel like we're trying to do the same thing. Uh, And it's just a matter of how successful were they, which was using taboo sexuality, a lot of bit of violence with a Serbian film and a little bit of violence in uh, the beast, but uh, using taboo sexuality and violence to try and make a point about society apparently, or make some sort of societal commentary. And I say that because with a Serbian film, uh, I get all that just from reading shit that the director said, I guess, like right. watching the movie. I feel like all commentary is lost, um, which is I'm getting ahead of myself here. But the big point I think about the Serbian film is it's a failure as a movie in my mind. What do you mean? And that is because clearly he went so shocking. Like this was because, uh, again, after the fact, I you know, you read all this stuff that the director was saying. I was making a commentary about the state of like Serbia's history and Serbian society and how it treats its citizens, considering that through the nineties, you know, there was, it was a war torn country. It was a series of civil wars and wars with other countries in the Balkans. So that, that had an impact on the psyche, the people there. Um, And uh, I mean, that's, you know, he was saying that's what he was doing, making a commentary about Serbian society uh as specifically the government and how it's like treated and the powers that be and how they've treated the populace but i feel like that message doesn't come through like at all because of the shocking material because the material is so shocking or and seems to be shocking for shock's sake that i think message is kind of lost and muddled and clumsily handled in that regard yeah i mean i i i agree with you however not ever having been to Serbia, no less really understanding at all any sort of historical, political history or climate there. Like, I, that would be lost on me even if it was there. So I guess that's mm-hmm. why I've always been like, well, I don't even know if, if that is true or not because I don't know anything about Serbia, so. Yeah, and I also feel like, though, <laughs> the other thing is be a little more creative because I feel like... <laughs> when he's saying I was making this commentary, uh, all I can extrapolate from the movie he made is, okay, so you're saying that the government 
figuratively rapes people. So you're going to show literal rape of all kinds of people in your movie. Like that's not a creative metaphor. <laughs> like that's just, I'm taking the figurative and making it literal and like, boom, I have a message. And it's like, that seems lazy. Yeah, I agree. And what was most, I think the first time why I'm not going to say this movie like worked on me or why I liked it because it's still like is a strong word. But the first time why I was like, oh, wow, was because when I heard about it and how vile it was and everything in my head, I imagined like the August Underground series, Mm -hmm. which if you know about it or if you don't know about it, rather, there are these very like they're made to look like snuff films. From my understanding, mm-hmm. they're very low budget. Therefore, that it adds kind of to the creepiness of them, the grittiness. And this movie, yeah. I was shocked at how glossy it was and how well produced. Mm-hmm. Like it's this guy's first movie, and I think since then he hasn't really. He did like a segment of the ABCs of Death, and I think that's it. And he has some things in the pipeline, including a Serbian documentary, which I would a hundred percent watch. All about. A mm-hmm. documentary about this movie. Definitely yeah, we'll watch more. it if it ever comes out. But it's it's done well enough that it's not like, oh, this is a, a poorly made film. It's really the content yes. in it is like just like what the fuck. But I was just like, I guess again, one over is not quite the right term, but it's what I'm gonna use. I was a little won over by how well it was done, whereas I went in expecting this like gritty grimy poorly produced flick and was just like oh wow that's like seems like there's some money behind it and the effects Mm -hmm. are pretty pretty good i guess but um man i i remember trying to watch it at one point with somebody and i don't even remember what point it was you know there were this was definitely like lots of pot and booze involved and stuff but this person turned to me and they're like what are we watching? And I was like, you know what? It's not going to get any better from here. So I'm going to turn this off. <laughs> and I, yeah. I think I have watched it all the way through twice. And then I think this is the third time. And ooh, it was rough to get through. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's the other thing with this movie, too, is the fact that I feel like no matter how shocking how obscene, how crazy you're going to go with the movie, it should still have some level of watchability like you still want to have some enjoyment out of it and this was a chore to get through by the time you're over an hour into the movie and i'm like oh good god there's still 40 minutes of this thing like and it's only gonna get worse um and you're just watching just be shocked like you're not really you know this felt kind of like they decided to do uh that movie with nicholas cage joel schumacher eight millimeter uh which treads on very similar ground, but in a mainstream movie way where they're just alluding to everything is just insinuated the worst things. Uh, whereas this movie is like, we're going to do that, but actually show you every fucking detail, like as far as we can go. Um, yeah. So I feel like it kind of loses the plot there. Like the story itself would have hit harder with some restraint. If the director had some restraint in what he was actually showing. So I don't know. I mean, the amount of penis, vagina, ejaculate, 
that I have seen in the past three days watching these movies is absurd or amazing, depending on how you look at it. And like, the amount while, of big, big rubber dicks I've seen between <laughs> these two movies. And that was the thing. I wonder, the guy who played Milo's in this, like, I wonder at what points, if any points, it was actually his penis. Obviously, whenever it was hard, it wasn't. But yeah. And I, I have other things to say about the beast, but we're not there yet. So we're not to the beast yet. <laughs> so let me ask you this, though, because I, I was wondering going into this, like, because when you were like, you know what this movie was all about. So we didn't even really get into like plot wise because, you know, but one yeah. thing that they often mention about the human centipede is going into it. People think it's going to be worse than it actually is, because I agree with that. It doesn't show as much. I think it's a much more successful film in that not showing you everything you think you're going to see. And therefore I find it fairly effective. Did you think that was going to be the experience here? And were you like, Oh wow, I did see a lot more than I was imagining I was going to see. Um, I think I saw about everything I was going to <laughs> from what I had heard. Cause so many like this movie's not going to keep me up at night uh, or anything. Like some people are just like this is the most disturbing thing you'll ever see. And it will intrude on your thoughts for the rest of your life. And I'm like, nah, no, it's just not. <laughs> um, the beast might. No, no, no. We'll get to that. It might. But, um, yeah, it might in a funny way. Yeah. This was just like, it did it, but it, like, I don't know. This felt like, Actually, both of these movies feel like somebody took a dirty joke and was like, I'm going to turn that into a feature length movie, um, you know, like a bad <laughs> schoolyard, like dirty joke. Uh, so, yeah, it, I, yeah, I feel like this lived up to what I thought I was going to see for the most part. Did you see some of the names of the porn porns that the guy had done early on in the film? I did. I did. I was like, school I of cock the, and a cock yeah, uh, now. Hannah Ball's Rising was one of them. <laughs> I love that he was called an artist of fuck. I, I think that's a nice title. Yeah, for a movie, for a movie about porn, this was less pornographic than the next movie we're going to talk about. Um, so there's that. But uh, yeah, I think that's part of like the well-made thing too. Like they made this movie look like a porno, like a modern, you know, like well, because they like the shit out of those things. And that's like, this was like a well lit all the time. You can see every detail of like everything that's going on. So I, I imagine that was by design, like make it look like a shot on digital video, like porn movie. I think my favorite bit of anything even related to a Serbian film is uh, a few years ago, I want to say it's Dread Central did it as a April Fool's Day gag where they ran a fake story saying that David Gordon Green uh, and Danny McBride were going to remake a Serbian film <laughs> uh, and call it an American film. Uh, and it was going to be done in animation, though. <laughs> uh, to remake it. but but i'm like legit like i would actually want to see that like i would i would see like create a south park cartoon out of this like this movie feels like it screams to be parodied in that sort of way like some sort of dirty animation or something like that making fun of this movie i just don't think it, yeah it's i don't think it's well known enough which is fine like people lots of people know of yeah. it but not a ton of people that I know have seen it. Very few, actually. Yeah. Most people I know just know it as like a dirty secret on the internet yes. kind of thing. So 
Many years ago, my husband got me a shirt that said, yeah, I liked a Serbian film, so fuck you and your baby. <laughs> Which is so tasteless. <laughs> I still have it somewhere. <laughs> oh. I wore it out once to the gay bar in Ferndale because I thought, whatever, no one's going to know what this really means. And I'm at a gay bar. Like, people wear all sorts of shit. And we were mm -hmm. sitting out on the patio, and um, one of my friends... Like sisters walked by with a bunch of people from like her, they were like at a bachelorette party or some shit and they all came and sat at the table with us and I was just like covering my chest. I'm like, no one needs to see this and ask me about what this means. <laughs> yeah. There are certain t-shirts you can only wear in certain environments. Like at a horror uh, convention. <laughs> yeah, or somewhere like a metal. I have a, uh, there's a death metal band called Goat Whore. Uh, and I have one of their t-shirts that, you know, of course says goat whore on it. It's got a big Satan <laughs> like character on the front and on the back in huge letters. It says, who needs a God when you've got Satan? Um, and that'll get some looks <laughs> if you just wear that to church. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, wear that to church. That'll get some looks. So, you know, there's certain environments where you wear these things. The other thing, a few, a, a couple years ago, a year or two ago, when that big, thing was um all the rage of people making memes where it's like feeling cute might make uh whatever later like there were mm -hmm. the, like everyone was doing those and trying to be very funny so i made one with a serbian film and i said feeling cute might make a children's movie later <laughs> and i had posted it on my lgbtq horror nerds facebook group and <laughs> I remember after it got posted because they have to go through an approval process. The pictures, and after for it did, no, after it got posted, someone commented, "They're like, seriously, admins, you're gonna let this stay on?" And before you knew it, it was like deleted. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, if "Come you on, didn't guys, no, like it wouldn't come be on. offensive. Like, come on, yeah, it's come like on, one guys. of those. If you know, I Y K Y K." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. Come on. Now, I know you knew a lot about this movie. Were there of the shocking things, what didn't you know? Or did you know everything? Um, did you know about the baby? Did you know about the end with the mom? And I the heard son? about the baby because that's the, like the scene everyone talked about nonstop. Newborn porn. Out. Newborn porn. The baby. Uh, and then the son, the twist of the son at the end, like I heard that because oh, okay. that was another thing that like, you know, it, it's of course, it's the pedophilia topics that are, are what made people blow their lids. So uh, I heard all about that. I knew that was in there. I don't think or or it was maybe I forgot. But when I saw it, I was like, that's actually kind of a fun gag when he stabs the guy's eye at socket yeah. with his erect penis. So um, <laughs> and, you know people can isolate that sound clip that I just said right now and use that later. But um, yeah, when he does that, uh, that kind of was like, oh, that was actually, I thought kind of a fun, funny gag because I'm yeah. sick and twisted. And a dirty so pervert. the very first time this was ever shown was at South by Southwest and they warned the audience like three times, like this is extreme in nature and gave everyone mm -hmm. multiple chances to leave and then the guy um i think the alamo draft house owner had people up on stage and they snorted lines of salt and squeezed lime juice in their eyes and took shots of tequila in order to understand what serbians have been through to create a culture of a serbian film <laughs> which I don't fully understand what that means. 
I don't understand either. Like, because I saw a thing. Wikipedia has a huge chunk uh, in their section about critical reception uh, of the movie that's taken from some Serbian film critic when this movie came out. Uh, and essentially everything he's saying is it's bullshit what this guy is saying about Serbian culture. Yes, blah, blah, blah. I read that. Yeah. Uh, and then and he like, like oh, wow. Cut, he was like some rich kid, like some rich yeah. family's kid and like came, went somewhere else for his education. How dare he come back here and make this movie yeah. about his country when he didn't even spend much time here. And he lives a very sheltered, not maybe not sheltered, but a very um, privileged life. Right. It wasn't a, a yeah. kind of about yeah, that. It, sort of that stuff. was essentially it. And then, and then saying like, you know, I know how his family made their money in the nineties. And it's like, Oh, so that, okay. There's some dark <laughs> shit there. Apparently like I'm assuming it's somehow related to the wars, probably war profiteering is what the guy means. But yeah, I was trying to find more info though, but there's not a lot about this guy, the director, like in English. I was mm -hmm. like, man, I wish I spoke Serbian. Cause there's a ton of Serbian, you know, articles about it, but uh, there's not a lot in English. So this guy is very much a European, you know, fixture, a fixture of Serbia in that part of the world hasn't broken into the English speaking world very much. So I really liked the Rotten Tomatoes. Like they often like sum up the reviews in like one statement and the Rotten Tomatoes yeah. summary was a pointless shocker and a societal allegory, a film whose imagery is so gruesome as to leave you scarred for life or rolling your eyes for a hundred minutes. <laughs> and that pretty much I sums know. it up. I, I read that yeah, too. They're going to be like, oh boy. That's what I did. I was like, yeah, I was kind of rolling my eyes, especially once you get well over the hour mark. And it's just like, what are you going to do next? Like, what what crazy fucking thing are you going to throw at me next to be like, look how shocking we are? Because that's what it really starts to feel like an exercise in. And that's where I was saying some restraint might have been better. Like, let's flesh out some more story now by the end of the movie instead of just like a breakneck, you know race to the end of the movie of like more crazy violence with sex organs thrown at you like nonstop where you're like give us some time to breathe man <laughs> yeah <I don't> <laughs> it's 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 a it's a movie it's a it's a movie it is you know it, it's <laughs> not like it's the kind of movie i read a review somewhere another critical review blurb that called it a movie that dares you not to look away and then also like wants you to try and find some deeper meaning. I feel like mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing that you you just want to rationalize it. You sat through this <laughs> the depraved movie and now you have to be like, why? Why did I? There has to be more to this thing. So again, it's like rating this is going to be hard because it's not necessarily like a bad mate movie. It's just was the intent. Did they succeed? in what they were trying to do. And I don't know. Yeah. And while like the more shocking stuff was like definitely like gross and like whatever, it was really the violence against women in it that like mm -hmm. was very hard to sit through this time. Like the the beating of women, the slapping and punching of them and things like, like that to me was so much, because the other stuff's so out there that it's kind of like, mm. whatever. Whereas that stuff just felt so normalized real. almost in it. Yeah, and real, yeah. like, it bothered me the most. I mean, it should always sure. bother you, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you're a person with a heart. But the other stuff was just so, like, silly, really. And uh, another thing uh, that I had read 
probably I'm, I always wonder like, do I need to credit letterboxed users? Cause I read so many people's reviews and so many people <laughs> have written like great stuff on there. But uh, I saw somebody talking about how there's no character arcs, you know, that's one. It's like, I feel like a movie should have some character development or story <laughs> development of the people. And it, this, you know, I kind of agreed with them. It's just like, yeah, there's not really any character arcs. These are just people that experience some horrible shit and then it's over. So, yeah. And the other thing that I found most disturbing, which is not, I mean, is all the talk with the son about like his sexual awakening. I'm like, he's like six <laughs> or eight yes. or whatever. Like, it I is, thought that was a little <laughs> like that all made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't too like perturbed by the fact that his son was watching his dad's porn movies that he acted in. Like they're just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was just for fun. Okay, and they didn't seem too like worried that were like he's probably traumatized. <laughs> I mean, worse things happen later. But again, yeah, um, these are just you know, there's a lot of and the brother, like his brother's involvement in all of this like there's a lot of story elements that feel just thrown in for the shock but you're like i wish a story explained some of this or like fleshed out some more relationships here yeah because i wondered how if the brother had been involved for a long time and therefore like when he asked him to do the research on the guy if that was all just bullshit because the brother yeah. was in on it from that point so um, the, or was he always part of it because the guy did mention you know they had like the big barely armed security guys that he said were like cops like early in in the movie mm. uh so i'm like are they making a commentary that like the police system and the like mm. you know the upper echelon of society is all in on this thing now this we're is, getting like, some deep big now yeah, we're it's getting a big, into it exactly is it a big conspiratorial <laughs> thing it's little flavors that were like just not enough to enrich the story. I'm sure they threw it in there to be little like, it's up to you to decide viewer, but I'm like, but it was still too little to like actually making it an enriching experience in any way, like trying to figure this shit out, so. The brother was gross, but like when he had a, a bag over his head, he was pretty hot. <laughs> his body was like he's, banging. He's pretty ripped. I mean, compared to Milosh, yeah. Milosh was like, and even when they were showing his porn videos, you're like, so you're just rocking the dad bod all the time. It's just a giant <laughs> hog that everybody cared about. I mean, That's yeah. It. That's it. Like a but foot like long. the other guy, like, yeah, he had to get like ripped, jacked <laughs> to look good. So, you know, the mask was kind of cool. I, I felt like that was kind of an I borderline iconic kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, to have that weird mask. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, so, I mean, there's, Oh, I can't think of what to do for a rating because <laughs> there's some that are just, you just can't. They're just bad. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 how many cocks in the eye out of five do you give this? Oh, man. I, mean, I know it's hard. <laughs> this is really hard to rate because on one hand, I do want to, you know, award that it is well made and, you know, clearly competently made this director i feel like he had a mission statement and he did it uh, <laughs> pulled it off but at the same time it's like not a great movie i don't think i'll ever seek this out to rewatch it again like, <laughs> <laughs> unless maybe on like a dare or something or if i want to force other people to watch it but um i mean i'm gonna go with uh yeah i'll just do it i'm gonna give it a one 
Okay. At the end of the day. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, I was fluctuating around there. But I, <laughs> again, I, I got to stand my ground back to my earlier statement of saying that I feel the movie failed in its message. So one. I'm giving it a two, partly because like of its shock value and like daring to go there. Like the end used to say back in the day where I watched all my Degrassi, it so goes there. My husband always, that mm-hmm. always made him laugh. And also just because I think it's well done and I got to see a lot of cock, even if it was fake. So I'm always for peen. So, but regardless, go. that's still a. Throw it on the slash. Throw it on the slash heap. Yep. Throw it. Get it out of here. And please, if you have any fun stories of watching this with your parents, Mm -hmm. whatever, any fun stories, I must hear them. Please. Yeah, I want to hear people's I want to hear people's thoughts on this thing. So write it into us. Um I saw a lot of like more than a few letterboxed reviewers had compared this thing to necromantic. Like that kept coming up a lot because I think it's just another movie that's out there that's got shocking sexual content in it. Um, Necromantic, like I don't remember. It's repulsive, but I remember having more fun with that movie when I saw it. Like there's for some reason it's got an energy that's a little more fun in its transgression than something like this. This felt just like sad (laughs) and uh, overwhelming. See, and that's a movie that in my memory from the one time I watched 20 minutes of it as a kid, it had that like poorly made gritty vibe that just really disturbed me and that I did not yeah, care it's, for. Sure. I, I feel like I need to revisit it at some point and I wonder if that will become a... Well, okay, let's move on to The Beast. A yes, movie let's. a movie that's way more than I remembered it being. Because uh, I was like, good Lord, I just assigned us just a porno. Like, that's what we watched right here. I mean, horse porn. Yeah, it's straight up <laughs> animal. <laughs> anyway, The Beast, directed by Valerian Borovzik. Borovzik. I'm not great with these super Polish names. I am Polish and I can't even say these damn names. Uh, but the description is, and there's no tagline, but I love that the poster is just the woman in a Victorian wig. Like, <gasps> shocked. It looks like Glenn Close. We know why she was shocked now. We know what she saw. Uh, The head of a failing French family thinks that fate has smiled down on him when the daughter of a wealthy man agrees to be married to his son. The daughter and her aunt then travel out to the French countryside to meet with the family, unaware that a mysterious beast is stalking the vicinity. <laughs> so all day because I think I I watched it in the morning. I tried to watch it in the evening, and my little site that I was watching things on didn't have subtitles, so I had to download mm-hmm. it that evening. And when I woke mm-hmm. up, I watched it early the next morning on Sunday morning because it's God's day. What a better day to watch the Beast! And then the all beast. day <laughs> when I was at the theater, I was like, "Who else started their day off with horse porn?" <laughs> and you know what? No one did. It was just me. So I got to explain that this movie literally had horse porn, that there were close-ups of horse penis, horse horse vagina, like pulsating horse vagina. Horses doing it. Real ejaculate, licking. So gross. (laughs) Fascinating, but gross. Fascinating, but like I forgot that that's how this movie just like boom opens and it's just horses breeding. They're literally showing you like how it's done, uh, and it's like wow, okay, forgot how how 
I mean, this isn't like hardcore porn, I guess. Some argue maybe at some points, but it's like, but that's simulated. It's not real. Um, but like all the all the people masturbating, like a lot of that going on that I'm like, oh, I forgot all that's in there. And a lot of just full frontal. Yep. And I was describing to my friend, I'm like, and then this woman masturbates with a rose and like puts it inside of her. And she's like, what? Yeah. I don't understand. Why would you masturbate with a rose? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't have the, the answers to these questions. I don't either. <laughs> but the most disturbing was the beast's cock and the foot yes. fetish and that it jerked. Like, how many times can this beast come? It came so many times. It was always coming. I'm like, who has yeah. the stamina? The beast does. It's always dripping. The beast. <laughs> it's a beast. <laughs> And I and I looked it up on IMDb. I like looked at the connections because I'm like, is this like, uh, you know, like a Beauty and the Beast parallel? And it didn't mention it. But then after the fact, in some of the things I read, it said that it was sort of a take on the Beauty and the Beast, which I yeah. guess it would only have a connection if it was literally remaking a version of the Beauty and the Beast as opposed to the story overall. But I could kind of see that after the fact and I sort of appreciated that it might have been sort of like a weird porny odd version of Beauty and the Beast I yeah. guess it's a sort of bit. in there I guess more directly what I was reading is there is a uh, story or a novel from like the 1800s called Locus Locus which is the Latvian or like Lithuanian word Sorry, I know those are totally different countries, but I can't remember exactly. It's from the Baltics somewhere. Uh, are you talking about Lucas, bear? the movie with Corey Haim? <laughs> yes, the movie with Corey Haim was actually, no. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a story from the 1800s where a woman was supposedly, like within the story, there's a story about a woman who was raped by a bear and then gives birth to like a half man, half beast child. Mm. And that's part of the story. And so that's what inspired, that's what informed this movie actually. That was like the more direct uh adaptation that it was going for so this movie instantly as it's starting i started to think of sallow yes yeah and like, like a Marat more sod yeah unless like sallow is just like you know depraved. i would compare that more to depraved yeah depraved I would compare it more to a Serbian film this movie is kind of fun I guess like it doesn't feel you know it's just weird and goofy. Like, but I could way. tell it. I was like, surely this had to have been made around the same time. And I looked it up and they're made in like the same year, this and, and yeah. Sallow. So I was like, oh, that makes 100% yeah. sense. And not, I mean, and just in that sense of like that, that time that there were these shocking films being made. Cause I agree. I, that's mm -hmm. a movie I will never, ever watch again. Mm -hmm. But again, I sort of, when I heard about, sallow or 120 days of sodom like i thought it was not going to be as well made as it was like a serbian film because it, it has that sort of artsy feel to it as opposed to it yeah and then it does these insane things in it of course but like this movie, this movie does too it does it, it i'm not feels gonna say it looks like a european art film and then yes. it's just all of a sudden she's like getting it on with a bear with a big rubber dick that just shoots semen everywhere <sighs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess the thing here, like how I felt that there was a lot of violence against women in Serbian film, like there is here too, but in a way, it's weird to say, in a way she almost 
gains the power and the control. Yeah, because <laughs> but that's like the thing in an odd like, way, because she's like getting raped and then she somehow gains control into and it. like kills the beast. But like, that's not a good Matt. Like, uh, like I, I'm very mixed on what that messaging is. <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. And this movie, yeah, this movie too, where I feel like this was a little maybe more successful in the messaging because he wasn't going, because in a Serbian film, the whole thing is like, all the stuff I'm doing is talking about Serbian society. And then we can, as we just did, debate whether it was successful or not, or is that even, does that even come through? Whereas I guess this movie, Valerian Barovchik, the director, wanted to show, by showing horses having sex right in the beginning and like human genitals, animal genitals, these fake monster genitals, like, and all these different, configurations of doing it um that beasts and humans and the sex drive is just the same like that's his commentary was solely on sex humans are animals animals every everything's the same essentially is what he was going for from what i can put together reading about this thing now while the woman in the past was like having being raped by this animal this beast i was like well mm -hmm. what would happen if she got pregnant i never in a million years imagined the twist that is there and i've yeah. also come to realize that in the first part of the episode i talked about how it really creeps me out with people being drugged i've since also decided after this film that tales on humans really gross me out <laughs> <laughs> It is yeah, so but, gross. And this is so disgusting. So gross. Yeah. The big reveal that, you know, the, the guy, the, the unwanted son they're trying to marry off is, uh, spoilers, people, he's the descendant. Because uh, the story, because what we're seeing, the past, the flashbacks, I believe, is the story that she read of the woman and the beast. Yeah. Is like hearing allusions to. And he's supposed to be a descendant of that. Like apparently every generation, few generations or so. One of the beast children is born that's you know some sort of satan spawn or whatever shouldn't exist because then we get that whole weird speech from the cardinal at the end about how bestiality is like the worst sin of all essentially uh -huh. and like this is weird to the priest who brought the altar boys with him like that's all like a creepy very uncomfortable creepy thing that's just real quickly thrown at you and never discussed further and at one point they talk about bestiality and they say, if the vagina of a woman is stimulated by a cat's tongue, it's bestiality. I'm like, that, what? Why, why would that ever yeah, happen? What? That shouldn't happen. <laughs> I think you guys are wanting that to happen. That's why you're thinking about this. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, woof, it's weird, but I don't there know. Are, yeah, there's foot jobs. I've never seen someone jerk off with a wig before. That was definitely a first. Mm -hmm. Like a Serbian film, though, this film takes a long time to get going. It's like an hour in and like nothing has happened except for yeah, a little bit of sex stuff. But then like it really gets then there. it gets crazy till the end. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, just forewarning people, this movie, I feel like is, you know, as God intended, you're supposed to watch this alone in your office a secluded part of your house like the dirty pervert you are and not tell anybody about it <laughs> that it's your favorite movie after you've seen it you know? but uh yeah i was telling i was telling sarah about this movie a little bit trying to describe it to her and she was like well you need to bring up that it's just like you know that's our love story the beast and the maiden <laughs> there you go this movie made me think this 
this is an example of why intimacy coaches are a thing now. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with those? Like in performances, no. they bring in <laughs> intimacy coaches. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think to I like help it. people yep. like properly go through sex scenes and and things like that, just so as someone is not traumatized and so that. But everything's on the up and up. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So you're not taking things too far, and that everyone's comfortable and no one's getting traumatized. And I'm sure there's more layers to it than that, but on and an an essence that's what it is and i'm like this movie is why that happens <laughs> yeah these insane and it, it's funny too to read about the reception of this movie where in like continental europe uh this was like an art house sensation <laughs> when it came out uh and then in the uk and the us we were like gross like it just fell flat and had a hard time ever getting screened anywhere uh it, I guess, was well known in like the UK, for example, as this like horrid kind of like the reputation a, a Serbian film had. But in the 70s in the UK specifically, The Beast was like this horrid aberration of a film that nobody should see. It's I don't know why I've never heard of it, because I've done a lot. of. I mean, this was like IMDb message board sort of stuff back in the day where you'd be on something like a Serbian film and be like, what are other crazy fucked up movies? And that's mm-hmm. where I've heard of most of the crazy fucked up movies in existence. And I never hear of this on any of those lists. Yeah, that, that, that that's I couldn't. I wish uh, I could trace my steps digitally to like where like who ran an article that I even discovered this movie because I heard of it in college in a similar manner you're talking about where uh, that's how I like became familiar with Caligula and uh, Necromantic and this movie and like some others of a similar nature at that time. Um, uh, Everything's escaping me. I feel like there's a couple others I could throw in there, but Salo, Salo is another one that popped up in those lists of similar movies, but they're like The Beast, which gets called a horror movie, I think solely because it has a monster in it, but there's like nothing scary. Uh, And I guess he does kill his brother, you know, but that's like, this is not scary, you know, emphasis on the erotic part, less on the horror part. So for sure, it's a it's a piece of work. I'm totally surprised that like somebody like Troma hasn't remade this movie. (laughs) because <laughs> i feel have, like just not officially i feel like they would have a lot of fun with that but um yeah so out of five rubber beast penises monster penises how many do you give it you know i think i'm gonna go just slightly higher and i'm gonna go with two and mm. a half. Oh, okay and i was like i'm hovering in an area where i was like I was going to go a little higher, but I think I'm going to downgrade slightly also to two and a half because I'm not sure that this is like really something I did. This is just much like a Serbian film. I feel like this is a movie that you can't unsee once you've seen it and you just get, you know, you just have to experience it if you want to. And then after that, I I mean, it's not, I don't know if I'd be sitting down to watch this for fun. I know it's had like an art house revival. Like I found on YouTube, there's a video of a, Mark Kermode, uh, for those that don't know, he's a uh, British uh, from the UK film critic, like a serious, you know, film critic. I love his stuff, but it's just bizarre to watch somebody like that bring such uh, gravitas and seriousness to talking about a movie like The Beast, where he's like giving a review as like, as an art house piece, I find that this, you know, and running through it for you. And you're like, I know what's in that movie, dude. Like you can make (laughs) it sound pretty all you want, but I know what's in there. 
Yeah, well, that gives us a second. Throw it on the slash heap. Yep, these are some trashy movies, but if that's what you're into, which no tea, no shade, go for yeah. it. Yeah, like you little perverts, like I said, go ahead and watch these like we You'll did. You'll probably have to download this somewhere, um, so and good I, luck. And I don't think we'll ever be clean again. Nope. I mean, I wasn't clean anyway, but... Yeah, sure, but my eyeballs won't be clean. Like these nope. weren't necessarily. I I forgot how far the beast went. Apparently, so I'm living proof, guys, that you can watch these and they may not traumatize you. You might just even forget what happened in you the movie. You might just block them watch out. it again and be. You might block it out, uh, and then uh, it'll come up through you know hypnotherapy or whatever. But. Well, there we go. Episode sixty nine in the bag. Sixty nine. Because we are fucking children. We had to go there. (laughs) And we'd love to hear if you've seen these, what your thoughts are, or other fucked up films that you might suggest, or rather not suggest, but scaringisharing at gmail.com, or follow us on Insta and get on in there. And just know, like, if you write in and you're like, you don't want to see this movie, that means I have to see that movie. So right. you know, choose choose your wording carefully. Yes. Um, but yeah, write to us. Tell us what are we missing? Other fucked up movies we want to know. Yep. And you know what? Hail Paymon and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, the Beast demands attention. That's right. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> as always, as death the video drum, long live the new flesh, uh, and we'll see you next time with a special episode. Yes, we have a special episode coming up. Uh, another guest. We're very excited. Episode seventy, which is very exciting. Oh, it's another ten, another round yes. number. Yes, and keep watching those scary movies, and keep talking about them, and writing about them, and sending stuff to us because scaring <laughs> is motherfucking sharing. <laughs> That's motherfucking right. All right, see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.